0: This episode of My Best Eleven Pod is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped is a grooming kit which can be used for down below or above, as I do most of the time, to use on my face and my head. You can get 20% off. Yes, 20% off Manscaped if you use the code MYBEST11POD. You can reach out at mybest 11 Pod. 20% 20% off and get your code.
1: So, welcome to My Best 11 podcast. This week we are joined by Leon Barnett. Um, Leon uh, came through a ranks at Luton, uh, spent a bit of time at Mars hometown. Um, in Aylesbury, Um, then went on for a big money move to West Brom, Um, had a few spells at um, West Coventry, a couple of spells at Norwich, Cardiff, Wigan, Bury and then finished his career at Northampton Um, and we'll hear a little bit more about what Leon's doing right now for youth team football a little bit later on but that's what he's up to as far as I'm aware at the moment, he's doing a lot of youth team football in the Luton, uh, kind of Bedfordshire area. So Leon, how are you?
0: Yeah, not too bad,
1: thank you. You? Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Thank you very much. Hello, Marvin. How are you?
0: Hello, Andrew. Hello, Leon. Hello. Welcome.
1: You good? Keep keep, keep this nice and well mannered unlike the previous fifteen minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get on to it in a minute, like you just said. I mean it was it it took a lot. Right, a lot for me to turn around and send Leon to elgeby my hometown where I grew up. Because I mean, there's a lot on my reputation going there, you know. But, but you know what? <laughs> to be fair, I knew he could fill the shoes, and and as we saw, he's now gone on to much better things. So great,
1: Leon. Would you like to re- would you like to re- reply to that, or are you just gonna?
0: That was a compliment, so there's no need to get no need to get nasty, Leon. I mean, that was a compliment. I was just paying you there, so. There's no, need to get I, I'm for... very thankful for the compliment,
2: but I actually thought it was Boise's hometown, that's what, I, that's what he told me. But I thought I went there, I conquered, I think there was a couple of people that knew you, but I think they forgot about you now, but yeah, I,
0: yeah, I think I've done a good yeah, enough job. You gonna... Listen, you're probably right, they, they did forget about me, and knowing, like, I mean, who are you going to remember more? You're going to remember someone like me, Marvin, who played, you know, all his life at Luton, or someone Boise, who's lifted the FA Cup for his and captain. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not going to be too difficult to to, to to remember certain people in that respect. All right, fair enough. I'll let you have yeah. that
2: one.
1: Awesome. So, what we do, what we do is, uh, those people who haven't listened uh, to any podcast so far. Is we go through and Leon talks about his best eleven players he's ever set foot on a pitch with. Um, and what we do is, as he goes through, Leon uh, talks about these players, tries to give us a few clues before myself and Marv spend um, the majority of the podcast trying to guess those players because um, we're not very good at it, it seems. And um, as we go through and then obviously uh, Leon will have a bit of a chat about that player and what makes them, what, what put them in their best 11. So we'll, we'll start off, first of all, um, with formations and um, what formation are you going to play, Leon?
0: So just to confirm, is this people that I've played with oh, or just playing against go. as well? Oh, here we Listen to this guy. Look, I, so he waits till we literally start, and he's going, "Is this? What do you think it is? Come on, what do you think it is?" That's uh, so what I'm asking. Sit mind, So, can do you ever
2: want to a football with?
0: Did you hear that? Okay. Have- Did you hear that, Andrew? I don't know where if he's if his wife's put him down down in the basement, or and we can't like I can't hear. Can you hear what he's saying? It did go a little bit did he, jittery. Can you can me me or not? Yeah, you remember, just got a just... little bit jittery oh, for a sec. Yeah, it keeps going a little bit. J- but it's the people, right, you've played on the field with, right? All your clubs. So oh, all thanks. your every single club and any internationals you've got, um, under twenty ones or anything, every single team you've played. They for,
1: have to have been on your team. They can't be against. Yes.
2: Right, That's yeah. all I wanted. I've, that was it, yeah, that's fine. Not a problem. So,
1: right. goalkeeper. Sorry, sorry. formation first. Formation. formation, yeah. What formation have you fitted your 11 in?
2: Uh, I might go for a 4-3-3. Three, three.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, let's get straight in then. Let's go goalkeeper.
2: Okay, so this person uh, I played with at West Brom uh, was an England international. I also played with him at Wigan. Uh, if you don't know this one, I don't know how you might see it, but... Um, Big presence in goal, right footed. What else is there? Dark hair. Got a bit of a, uh, a gap in his front teeth. Well known. Um, oh, well, that's not very nice. Yeah, but he's about, like, well known. He's, everybody sees it when they see him.
0: Okay. Go on, Andrew. Ideas?
2: Scotty Carson. Ah, oh, yes. Scotty Carson.
0: Yes. Oh, was he, was he was he at Derby and Leeds as well? Was he at Derby or Leeds?
2: Or was he Derby no, in Leeds as well. Yeah, so he, I think he started his career at Leeds, and then he's obviously yeah. um, he's at Man City now as a as a number two or number three. But he, yeah, he was at Derby with Curtis actually. So um, yeah, he's I think he's just unbelievable. On goal. Like his distribution was was unbelievable, and he could play with both feet. Uh, I, there wasn't really many uh, weaknesses that he had. I didn't think. You could obviously, you know, when you've got your backs to the wall and you're a defender, you need that goalkeeper to, I don't know, shout and scream and also come for a cross. And that kind of sort of relieves pressure from you. And, yeah, I just thought he was just obviously a, a good lad on and off the pitch.
0: And, I mean, I've asked this question many of the players who have already been on here. Did he have that same sort of, like, goalkeeper tag of being a little bit not the brightest sort of thing? Or was he, was he quite smart? No, I think he was quite smart. He was quite intelligent, but he... I don't know, as you know, like, on nights out,
2: certain things can happen and certain things can't, but he was one of the ones that he'd steer clear from. He was always one that would be up to mischief and... I don't know, I, 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 I like going out on a night out, but there's certain banners that I like and certain banners I just think, it's just, nah, you can't do that, but he's one of the ones you just need to steer clear of. He. he yeah. Uh,
0: go on, man.
2: Elab- you, you put yourself in it and got elaborate. I'm allowed to say some of the stuff that he says, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes. I don't know, I think on a night out he just, uh, he'd have one too many and he'd, I don't know, he'd, he'd do a wee at the bar and stuff like that, I just don't think that's funny, like a lot of people think that's hilarious, but he'd do a wee at the bar and like...
0: Hold on, hold nice on, hold on, hold on, hold on, back up, back yeah. up. You said he'd do a what? A wee? Yeah, oh, yes, okay. like a wee. Yeah, so uh, well, but See, this is, this is my point now, was he doing that because he was trying to be funny or was he just drunk out of it and not sure where he was? That's the problem,
2: too. No, I think it was a bit of both. I think he quite liked being the joker, which is, obviously, I don't mind that. And, yeah, I, I don't know. He was he loved the drink. Like obviously, whenever there was, there was an opportunity to go out and have, like, a team bonding session, he'd be in the thick of it, sort of organising where we're going, where we're staying, you know, what bars we're going to first. I remember just, yeah, he'd just be... um, He'd be randomly talking to a stranger or talking to one of the boys at the bar... <laughs> <laughs> and he just he just get his bits out and just do a wee at the bar and I don't know bit of a wee would go in on on like he's talking to his trousers and that's I don't
0: know Mark, that's not really me I don't find that funny but no, listen no. It, it's not me, it's not it's not me either but what I'm saying is is that it's sometimes some lads as you do know and I know are that much wasted right. They yeah. do all sorts of things, and the next day they're saying, oh, my gosh, I don't remember. I was like, what was I doing? Well, he was yeah. doing this, he was doing that. So that's that's why I asked that question. Yeah, I think he's one of the ones that, yeah, he, he probably
2: got so drunk that he didn't realise. And, yeah, I think we do a lot of stuff when we don't realise, when we're drunk, but we don't realise. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, that doesn't... Ugh, I don't find that entertaining one bit. But no, some, people, wrong wrong. some people thought it was absolutely hilarious. And I don't know, I remember even... Obviously, he's not in my dream team, but I remember... Um, I can't remember what I was sharing a room with. Obviously, when we were at Luton as a, as a youth team player and you travel away, as your first time, you're quite nervous, did not you, really? like, And obviously, we had, you had Nico in your team and Howie, that obviously done a lot of pranks. And I remember their first... When I, I think I think it might have been Queenie and Nico. I think they must have stitched up me and Kino. So they must have broke into our room and and done a poo in the bath. And I, I don't know, I just didn't think that was funny. That people were actually yeah. like... <laughs> They tipped our bed upside down and I was like, this ain't really this nah I can't be doing this. And we obviously have to clean it. Like we were only a youth team and like 16 years old. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I worked that weren't funny. But obviously when I look back on it now, it was a bit of banter, but yeah, I didn't I didn't like it. So you
1: never out. reciprocated anything like that when you became the senior in the squad?
2: No, nah, no, I don't no, I don't think I did. Obviously I would have the old like, prank pranking stuff, but it'd never be me that one that would deliver the pranks. I'd be the one that sort of in the laughing
0: laughing, laughing yeah. at the person who the prank was done on you'd be there yeah. standing there laughing yeah, yeah I mean, if it went too far Barbara, yeah I think people would know that it's not funny but
2: yeah I do not really me because I really look at it and think if it's done to me would I find it funny and I think oh I mean, people probably think that at the end don't they
1: very true very true getting back to goalkeeper Scott Carson um, yeah. what makes a because also you're a central defender you spend most of your time in defence um, yeah. What makes what makes him so good um, and so separate and so different? Because, I mean, goalkeepers all come through all the youth academies. They can all pass the ball out. They can mm. all make great saves. So what makes him different to everybody else then? Uh,
2: well, a lot of the goalkeepers that I've played with, they're normally, I don't know, good shot stoppers, but not good with their feet or, you know, can play out from the back, but, you know, fumble and make the odd mistake. But I think when I was... When I was with Scott Carson and being a centre-half, I think, Marv, you'll know, if you've got a confident goalkeeper behind you, it obviously makes it a lot more easier for yourself. And I think that he, I don't know, for me, he just had most of the attributes, most goals he has. He was very vocal. He was, like I said, he was very technical with his feet. But he was very commanding. Um, he was definitely a leader in the changing room. I think the list goes on. But yeah, I, just, I think that he, there wasn't many faults that he, he would had. I know, obviously, um, he had that Mistake he made in the, in the qualifiers that England couldn't um, couldn't qualify for. But other than that, I don't think he's obviously. I don't think he's done that on purpose. I think obviously everybody makes mistakes. But mm. yeah, Scott Carson. I think he was one of England's best goalkeepers at the time. Obviously now he's you know got a little bit older and he's obviously on his way out of the game. But yeah, he's. Um, I thought he was a fantastic goalkeeper when he was
0: obviously behind me. I know. I was going to say there. Show me a goalkeeper who hasn't made a mistake, and I'll and I'll show you a liar. I mean, goalkeepers like every single player, even an outfield player, makes a mistake. But there's always someone behind behind them to rectify that mistake they've made. So goalkeepers, I mean, like you said, that England game. I mean. That happened. It happens with goalkeepers and that's it's gonna to happen to every single goalkeeper, um, which is not even come to the fore yet and it's gonna and it's happened to goalkeepers already been. So it's just a fact of life. Well if you look at the goalkeeper I don't know if you've seen the uh, the Liverpool Man City game yesterday, like yes,
2: Alice made two obviously mistakes, but he'll still like keep one in the ball and still like his way of playing won't change, he'll still sort of pass <clears> out from the back. <throat> I think the managers they sort of so like have confidence and they know that he's better than that. They don't need to tell him that you know you made a mistake. And I think he's played at a high enough level to know that you know he's made a mistake. And next time it probably does need to go longer. But like you said, like goalkeepers, there everybody makes mistakes. It's about sort of getting the ball back again and, and trying to rectify
1: it. Yeah, definitely. So move on to defence. Right back, left back, whichever one you prefer, Leon.
2: Am uh, I, I might have to plead myself in the uh, in the one to? <laughs> Yes, you are allowed
0: you to. Talk again. You talk again. Are you Are you in it? Uh, I'll
2: think about it. I'll see how I, I get on. Know. But I'm What's going to go with my centre-half first. Either Maybe way, way whichever first. way
1: you like. It's your show.
2: So oh, my, I'm going to go for the left side of the centre-half. Um, this is... I'm trying to think where if he was an international or not. Yeah, he's was a Swedish international. Um, I played with him at West Brom. Uh, very tall guy. Good left foot, strong. Like I said, we're saying with Scott Carson, who's demanding a leader. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've got any ideas who that might be. I haven't, an Andrew. I have I'm. I'm. Uh, been Olsen? Yeah, Jonas Olsen. That's the one. Yeah, he had really long hair, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. The thing is, when he when he comes to the club, um, he was like, I don't know, he must have about like six foot four and like very thin and long hair, and he kind of looked like a rock star, not like a footballer. I know it sounds bad, but didn't really have no sort of footballing look in sort of anything around him but when he comes to the club he was just I don't know he was just everywhere like his legs were everywhere and his like when his, his first day of training was he were not it were not his, his best session let's say but um, I don't know he, he obviously progressed really well and done, you know whenever I played alongside him he was I don't know he's very good and I, I learned a lot from him he's a little bit older than me and yeah I thought I learned a lot from him. Fantastic mean.
1: Yeah, left foots. Yeah, and and Olsen himself was it? Was he obviously playing in central defence? Was it good to have somebody like him next? Do you just you think he complimented you, or and if he did compliment you, what was it about him that he made up for maybe your shortcomings?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think we did compliment each other quite well. I think I was probably a little bit quicker than him, so I, I could always sort of sometimes like dig him out of trouble. But I wasn't the most blessed at sort of having the ball at my feet and picking the right passes. So i just play, play my easy pass and play it to my right back or even play it to him. And I don't know, he was much better on the on the ball than me. But and I think, yeah, I don't know whether we, I think we just had like sort of an understanding of, you know, where to be and we were both good in the air. And I thought, yeah, we worked well, but we didn't, we weren't at West Brom um, together for, for long enough, I don't think. I think I, uh, I moved on a little bit quicker than what he did. And he stayed at West Brom and obviously, progressed a lot better than wide than at West Bromwich. Yeah, fair play to him. you've done, done really well.
1: Moving across the other centre-back, whichever or whichever way you want to go. Uh, it
0: could be him. It could be him. It could be him. It could be him. He played for Norwich. Uh, he played yeah. for Cardiff. Is it... Should I just say my name then or not? Well, listen, I'm just... I'm, all I'm saying is, right, listen, and I'm not trying to put pressure on you or anything like that, right? Okay. <laughs> you've been at some good clubs, right? we played with some very good players now. Now... I wouldn't go down the path of giving it any honourable mentions now if you're going to name yourself, right? Because I mean, you might just leave yourself a little bit open for a little bit of criticism. So if you're going to name yourself, just name yourself and then that's it. Get on with it and no like honourable mentions.
2: You're right. Okay, so my um, my next... I don't want to give away too much of okay, for this one. So um, centre-half uh, played with him at Wigan. He come on loan from... I was Sheffield United at the time. Um, he, he could play with the ball. He, he was very good, strong defender, uh, right-footed. Uh, I don't. I don't want to give you too much away, but I'm,
0: I'm guessing Andrew will know it straight away. Yeah, oh, I, I think <laughs> Andrew knows it already. I I it, he's you a, I'm. You, you played with him at Wigan, correct? Yes, I did. Yeah, and he come on from Sheffield United. Andrew, do you know Caldwell? Oh, no chance. <laughs> he is not in my team. Sorry, no. Oh, God, he, All
2: right. <laughs> what's wrong with Gary Caldwell? Obviously, won't know. But yeah, he, Gary's not in uh Unfortunately, he's not in my my uh, my eleven. But
0: um Go on, Go okay. On, so he, he's uh, he plays for England. Hold on. Not. Uh, um, what's he? one He's still playing now? Danielle, oh, okay. Gary
2: Gary Cahill. I, unfortunately, I didn't play with Gary Cahill. He didn't come to. No, Wigan. he was at what we're talking about. He's a, he a bowler. He Gignac, like, okay? No, unfortunately, he didn't come. To, well, not I know,
0: but I don't think he came to to Wigan. Should I just give it away or not? England, England international, he said as well. Full England international. Yeah, interesting. Go on, then. I, I'm, go on, I haven't
2: go got it. Uh, the England captain, Manchester. Oh, sorry, not England captain. Manchester United captain. Manchester what, Harry United. Maguire. Yeah, Harry Maguire. What he came to Wigan. Yeah, he came to Wigan on loan.
0: Wow, I did That's not know that. Yeah, he,
2: he, he came for, yeah, he, come, he come for, um, uh, it might have been a short spell. it must have been about six months, but yeah, he come in and, you he was quite young at the time and I didn't really, uh,
0: obviously oh, I've heard about him. I what? Well, I mean, when did he come to Wigan? I did not know what? Harry Maguire
1: went to Wigan on loan. Yeah, I have
0: no
2: him. idea. Um, yeah, he come, he come quite early. I don't, I don't know how old he was, but yeah, he's obviously younger than me. But he come on loan, and um, at the time we had, to be fair, we were fine with defenders. We didn't really need any defenders. But he's come in. Obviously, I've heard about him, but when he turned up, he was yeah, he was, it was phenomenal. It was unbelievable. Like you he could, you'd actually, you'd be happy to play him in centre midfield. And I don't know, he could play anywhere. Attack um, attacking midfield. He was very good on the ball. Could shoot. Had an absolute rocket of a right foot. Um and like I said, like the previous people that I've had, they've been all leaders and yeah, obviously he's gone on to to, to obviously be Man United captain and every no- I think I think he is every now and again. He's when Harry Kane's not playing, he's the England captain. So he probably will be, think yeah, him or Henderson. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. Obviously world's most expensive defender and yeah, obviously like he said, he's had his you know, a lot of people criticize him obviously for, for whatever reason, obviously he does mistakes and stuff like that and you know, issues. Um, outside of football, but honestly, when when you're in a changing room with him and and when you play
0: alongside him, I thought, yeah, he's very good, very good player. No, I like him. I mean, and I didn't. I mean, I is I sometimes forget that he was at Hull as well. Yeah. You don't realise that he was at no. Hull. You know, and it, it, I mean, obviously, he's a very good like player, and he's gone on, like you say, to be at Manchester United, captain, play for England now. And is very comfortable on the ball. And I mean, he'd be one player who I would love to have if I was going to be pick a team just because I just love playing football. So you're right.
2: <clears throat> yeah, he's a very good, very good player. Um, yeah, I think he just speaks for himself. Like I said, he's the most expensive defender. And yeah, I keep going back to saying he, had, he made mistakes. But like I said, I think everybody knows like, we all play football or whatever level. Everybody makes mistakes. But I don't know, he'd always brush it off and always want the ball. I see a lot of players nowadays, they sort of, Shy away from the ball once they've made a mistake and they don't want it again whereas he'd be demanded for it he wouldn't hide away from any sort of player or anything to he'd always want the ball and want to get it again and do what he can do
1: yeah yeah um as you two are both defenders i'm gonna ask as a non a a person who never made it anywhere near professional or anything like that um obviously harry Maguire, you mentioned then great in the air at scoring goals how much time do defenders spend practising scoring goals? Does that make sense in terms of when the ball comes in? I know you have to spend most of your time when the ball comes in. You get corners, corner practice. You're doing defending. That's your job. Is set pieces. It's movement. It's are you zonal market, man market. How much time do you actually
0: spend practising scoring a header from a corner? For me, it was a case where in training, if we have, have games, I was I was playing like a forward sometimes. I mean, and it depends what sort of game. If it was a practice game, 11 v 11, then that's different. But nine times out of 10, most of the time in a week, you'd probably have, what, Leon, two, three, five-a-side games, wouldn't you? And so it wasn't the yeah. case where you stood there at the back. It was a case where, like, listen, if you if you had a little bit about you, which I did, so that happened, I used to go running around and dribbling and scoring goals for fun, right? Chipping, <laughs> chipping the ball. So I think naturally sometimes that sort of um, play in your game comes into the actual game in 11, 11 because subconsciously in your brain, when you're in those situations and you're scoring goals like that, naturally, I think in a game, it just comes to you and you're going to do likewise in a game, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm talking more set pieces. So okay. obviously you, you defend, you practice defending the set pieces, that goes without saying, but how much do you practice scoring from set pieces as a central defender's I know you spent a little bit of time left-back, a little bit of time centre-back, Marv. And I know Leon spent a bit more time as centre-back.
0: It will be be the same as you do in attacking. So whatever you did on attacking-wise on a Thursday or Friday, um, or defending-wise, as soon as you do the defending bit for like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, he'll flip it now, the manager, and go, right, let's do attacking four. So it'd be both the same, wouldn't it, Leon? Would you say? Yeah, I think especially with attacking, there's a lot of managers that do
2: sort of, um, sort of, I don't know. They pre- they go through like um, plays and, and free kicks and and corners, and you've obviously got to defend them as a defender. You've got to defend them, and your attacker can't score, whatever, which is fair enough. And then they obviously work through the, the attacking set pieces, and most of the ones that are defending it, they're the ones that stay up, don't they? And obviously attack attack the ball. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I try to score. I know that obviously the the forwards they try and score when it's when it's attacking versus defenders, and I do exactly the same. I'm trying to score. I'm trying to I don't know. Yeah, I'm just like you said. I'm just trying to do my best. If I can score, I'll, I'll definitely take the opportunity. You won't obviously not score. You practice it. It happens, like you said as well, Mark. When you know you've got five side games in training, you it, you don't really keep your shape as if it's like a five or a seven aside. You, I don't know. You, it's more of a sort of like a playground game. If you can obviously take on a player and, and shoot, you're most likely going to do that. I remember doing that quite a few times. And there was one manager at, um, at Northampton. Um, he come in quite early, and I used to sort of because I, I don't know. In, in a match, I never sort of I don't I never really dribble with the ball. I never dribble forward. I thought I would dribble forward in training and and shoot, and he gave me a racket and off. And I was thinking, oh, it's training. Like if you know if if I'm gonna try and get the best on my team and and dribble past one player and and score, that's what I'm gonna do. And all I, I don't know. I just think it's a little bit harsh in training. I think you should be able to express yourself and, and try things and if it happens it happens if not then you don't you're not going to do it in a game so i don't know i just um if there's an opportunity for me to score practicing set pieces or whether it be a five-a-side game i'll yeah i'll do my best to try and score
1: oh, yeah, thank you um all right sorry let's go right backs or left
2: backs uh okay so my right back i'm going to go for is a uh, very good player he's playing currently now um, he's actually playing centre midfield now for Mansfield uh, very good friend uh, close friend of mine, he's played in the Premier League um, I don't really want to give you away the, the team that I played with him because I think you'll get that quite easily but um, played, I don't know he's played quite a few games for for, for uh, Mansfield he's also played for Newcastle um, he's not had any international caps he's also played for just trying to think.
0: Scunthorpe, he's played for. Um, he also played for. I mean, totally, totally blank, Andrew. I mean, I mean, I haven't got. I think the Newcastle people... one. It probably helped the you out. New right huh? The, the Newcastle one. Yeah. Yeah, but he's still playing now in midfield. But he's, this is your right back. We're talking about. Who? What? Yeah. Co- what nationality? English. English. Yeah. International.
2: No. no international caps. No. no. Do I give
0: away the team?
2: Yeah, go on. Okay, I
0: can't
2: get so oh, you know. Okay, so
0: he, on, played,
2: say it, though. he played. He played with me at Wigan. Um, and scored the winning
0: goal when we played Man City in oh. a final. Oh yeah, that good. I mean, go on, Marv. I can't remember. Is, is it Matt? No, it's the midfielder. It's a little the dribbler. What's his name? Little... Nah, no, he's not a dribbler. He just keeps it simple. He's he's quite calm on the ball. Um it's not, don't say sorry. it, don't say it. He scored the goal. He, he, he was in, he, he, I, I know, I can see it. Uh I don't know. Go on, say Mac Mac. Nah, Max, no Mac James. Mac, no, it's not Mac funny no, Go on, Mac just Fannery. say
2: it. Say it.
0: It's huh? James Perch. Oh, okay.
2: So yeah, he's obviously played a lot of the games in, in the Premier League. Um very strong. Not you know, he's quick. He doesn't <laughs> He doesn't look the strongest, but I think his core strength was obviously helped him out massively. Um, good level-headed pro, um, obviously a good friend of mine. Still speak to him now. Um, can also do a job in in centre midfield. That just shows he sort of he's good good with the football. Um, and I don't know, he's just to, he was one of those players uh, like to be a good pro. You've got to go in early and be the last one to to leave. But I just think he was. He was more of a family, man. He wanted to be the last one to get to training, but he wanted to get home as, as soon as possible. But he would always do the right things. he would always sort of, if there was a gym session to do, you'd always do the, do the right uh, I think cliche of obviously being the first one in and the last one out doesn't necessarily mean you're a good pro all the time. Quality, not quantity. Yeah, exactly that. And I think him playing at a high level for a number of years um, just shows his quality, really. I think, yeah, he's, like I said, he can do the job in centre midfield. I've actually seen him play uh, right wing-back as well, which is quite a tough position to sort of get used to. and um, You have to be fairly fit to do it. And yeah, he, he, he took it on the chin and, and done well. I don't think he really enjoyed playing there, but he, he's always had to play wherever needed.
0: Yeah. So, So, just moving on there. So yourself, as we all know, you came through the ranks at Luton. I mean, growing up as a kid, how... How much was your like thought on well, I want to be a professional football player? And again, who was I mean, and I'm not, I mean, I'm too old, obviously. I mean, who was the ones you looking at in the first team saying, Oh, I want to be like so and so and wanna play for Luton, my hometown club? Um, you know what, Mar, if I'm
2: honest, there wasn't anybody that I wanted to to be like. I remember obviously when I come into the club, I was quite nervous, quite quiet, like you said, but I'd always be kind of like watching and learning. Like Obviously, I'm not just saying it because you were here, but I think you were one of the ones that sort of were playing centre-half at the time. Um, and I think Boise was there as well. So I remember sort of in the youth team, I think you were coming towards the end of your career and we obviously, I was in the youth team and obviously John Moore was a manager at the time. And obviously John Moore told the boys that he'd be leaving. This is his last year. And I remember you sort of, I don't know if you was doing your badges at the time and it sort of, he was like he was more of a John's assistant. I remember just yeah. kind of like you coming in and telling me what I should and shouldn't do. And I remember I don't know if you remember we having a conversation about what side of the player I should be marking on. So I think I was arguing like, a point, saying, hey, "Listen, I'm quick enough. If I get if I get on this side, I know I can beat the beat the player to the to the ball." And he was like saying, "Listen, then if you're if you're a centre half, that's not how you mark. You obviously mark all sides, You were saying, "Right, no." Well, that's and right? I, uh, He was marking on both side. Both yeah so. it's like- or
0: both, by one of those. Well, gold, gold side, or yeah, I know I know what you mean, but, but like, there's a it's general, like, if the ball's on the left hand side, the, uh, on their right, and you're yeah. on the left hand side to the half, you need to be on the left hand side because if the ball yeah. goes in the cup, you will get there first. And you were saying to me, you want to be on the other side. Yes. Like, I don't know why, but like, I mean, <laughs> we, I remember we had that argument, like, oh, no, it wasn't argument, it was just like, yeah, totally
2: like, disagree with one hand, and we were. We were debating it, and then I asked obviously you, I think you grabbed Steenie or I grabbed Steenie and Steeny was like, "I was right," and I was like, "Yeah, fantastic." And he was like, "Well, he would say that because he's a striker." So I was like, "Yeah, fair enough." And then obviously you you've told me whether you like <laughs> whether you like it or not. If you're gonna keep playing it, like if you want to play as a defender, and obviously you can't listen to to Bry because obviously he's a striker. But obviously you're not gonna go anywhere. And I remember you saying to me, "If you want to be a, a, a defender, you need to." take on what I'm saying on board. And I took it on and obviously it's, it's gone a little bit further than what I thought. I didn't think obviously I, I would have played as a football. But obviously, like I said, you obviously played at a high level for Luton. And I don't know, I just when you're a centre-half, you look at what other centre-halves are doing. And I think majority at the time you're doing the right thing. I think Boise, another person sort of that I sort of looked up to. Um, and I think when, when, I, when I was speaking to Boise, I remember I used to do his boots and stuff like that. And I remember doing your boots like cleaning them. And I used to obviously speak um, about what I, what I need to do and he'd obviously give any advice but I don't know, I just felt that he's I sort of had the same sort of an upward spiral that he had so obviously I just think, yeah, he, when I come into the club I was more of a right winger uh, so I think he was he was attacking some sort of attacking or right winger himself and he's sort of been shifted back to of defence and sometimes right back, so yeah, I just think having sort of center halves that was sort of the same sort of mold, I could obviously look up to and, and learn from.
1: Excellent. excellent, excellent. So, left back next to James. Jangle James, put other side of the side, so- other side of the pitch
2: to perch. Um, so, my left back would be let me have a think of this one because there's quite a few that I played with that were very good at left back, and I'm gonna go for. Okay, so my left-back uh, is a person He's not actually typically a left-back. He can obviously play uh, right-back as well. Um, he is left-footed, um, had a great spell at uh, Norwich, couldn't beat him one-on-one, it was a fact. Nobody could beat him one-on-one. Um, not the biggest person. Once again, a good level pro. Didn't play international. Um I think he's played at Norwich for ten, maybe eleven years. Um started at P- No, started at Norwich, went to Peterborough and then come back to Norwich. Oh. Uh he's played a number of games in the Premier League. Uh, I mean any ideas?
1: Andrew, what, Andrew? No no idea.
2: No idea. Well, oh, fantastic. Right. Is that no, my I'm, job
0: done then? when I, when I beat you is that my job done you see you when you, you... You, you haven't beaten us yet you haven't beaten us yet it's a, because like again I mean there's been players who have played with i don't know like the the, the internationals, and sometimes they've cause it's all eleven they've picked someone who we might not recognize or might not have heard of, so that's why it's not a case of you beating us it's yeah. a case of like you picking your eleven it could be someone who is really funny who you really yeah. enjoy being around and so I mean, they might not have played that many games. So,
2: it's your no. 11. So, no. Who is it? Yeah. So I don't want to say him just as yet, but I was actually, it was a bit of a toss-up between him and there's a guy called, I don't know if you remember, but a guy called Jean Bozeshaw that played for Wigan, but also was a Chilean international. So, he was yeah. like a bit of a beat. He used to play sort of, he was more of a wing-back. So, there's not many players that are sort of are wing-back, but can play left-back. So, I, it was a bit of a toss-up between him and then obviously the one I've chose. So, the one I've chose is um, Adam Drury. So, He's played plenty of times in the Premier League. I don't know
0: how many games. But but was he, did did he, was he, he didn't always play as a a full back, wasn't he? Was he a midfielder as well or not? I'm not 100% sure, but man,
2: sometimes they played him right back because, I don't know, somebody else could play left back. But honestly, Mark, I don't don't remember many players beating him. And he's played against sort of Ronaldo. And obviously, Ronaldo's probably beaten him a few times, but in training, you come up against him and, you can't push him over because he's got that low sense of he you, you can't sort of, I don't know, he's very good in the air for the size he was. And like I said, he, he could always play football. He was good at his feet, worked hard, absolute warrior, by the way, as well. And he was such a good lad. He was, I don't know, he's he one of those ones that was, he was very aggressive on the pitch. So when you see him in the changing, room, you think, you know what? I can't be arsed with him, you know what I mean? I don't I really want to get into like an altercation with him, but... You go into the change room, and he's the nicest guy. So, yeah, I just thought for for that sort of reason as well. He's a not very nice person off the pitch, and he wasn't. He wasn't a joke. He was a good pro. He just yeah he got on with his work. Family man once again. Um, but yeah, I think he just he's playing career speaks for itself. I think he's played at a high high level. Not obviously not played international, um, but he's just stayed as I don't know. He just always stayed at Norwich. He didn't ever sort of look to progress on. And I'm sure there were been there, there would have been a, a couple of clubs that were. Sort of calling for his name, but yeah, I think he was very steady in, in what he did. I and I have to, yeah, I think I have to name him yeah. in my eleven. No, now,
0: now that you I mean, now that you've you've said him, I mean, I've heard of him, and uh, like you said, you know, he's he's played at the highest level, and yeah. um, like you said, um, a, a very good player.
1: Yeah, um, definitely.
2: Alan. Sorry, sorry.
0: sorry. No, I, I think he's loyal as well. Like I said, he's been for he's been at
2: Norwich for kind of about ten or eleven years. I think he has uh, his testimonial and. I remember we had yeah I remember we we played Celtic in a friendly match because obviously Paul Lambert was sort of the the link between that but um yeah he we played Celtic in a friendly and at, at Norwich and he got us see, a massive reception then we took a testimonial to to uh, obviously I think it's Celtic Park there main stadium and that was that was phenomenal so I just think yeah he um I don't know he just excelled at football he just yeah he was he was a, another step above like I said he was the best left back I played played with and I've played against him a few times um, and I've noticed him a bit, but not when, when, when you, I think when you play with a player, you, you, you pay more attention to their ability and how they are like, on and off the pitch.
1: No, definitely. And, and for somebody, especially in the modern day football, I always think somebody can stay at a club for that long um, mm-hmm. and go through so many managers. It shows that they must be a really good pro, a really good yeah, player. Thank you. Because thank you. For, yeah. Thank you. For, <laughs> um I said modern day Marv um, yeah. in the modern yeah. day <laughs> it, but seriously if you can go through that many managers and be fancy by every single manager I think that's yeah. testament to your personality and your training and your professionalism it really must be
2: yeah yeah years, like you said uh, but obviously Marv I don't think you've ever moved on to, to Newton but when you go to another club is trying to fit into the manager's plans like year after year because obviously managers come and go they obviously they don't have you know, managers nowadays don't really spend longer than sort of two to three years in the job and yeah. for him to to sort of please near enough every single manager or not even please them, just obviously play the way that they want to play, is obviously a massive achievement. There's, there's not many players that are obviously that loyal and stay at a club for so long and do really well and he's obviously loved by the fans which is um, which has been very good.
1: No, definitely, definitely and very similar as we did, as, as much as I joke around, very similar to another left-back, centre-back in Marv as, as we're talking to. So, Um, you're right. Uh, So what we'll do is we'll pause there and we'll um, have a little advert from our sponsors. And then once we come back, we'll hear from the rest of Leon's um, My Best 11. This episode of My Best 11 podcast, is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped um, are a company that provide all the stuff you need for all your grooming needs, both up top and down below. And they come across, the best one we've had is Manscaped the Lawnmower. Buy it at www.manscape.com. For 20% off, use the code MYBEST11POD in the code, and then you get 20% off and free delivery as well. Great, so we're back for part two. Um, and thanks for here from our sponsors. Part two with uh, Leon Barnett. So far, we've got Carson, Perch, Drury, Olsen, and Maguire. Uh, he's playing 4-3-3. So wherever you like, really, across the three in midfield.
2: Um, okay, so I'm going to say a more holding role. Um, so this one will protect the defenders. Um, this player, once again, I don't want to give away the club because it might be a little bit too easy. But I'm going to say he he actually, I think he was in the double, the Man United, you know, when they don't won the treble. So yep, he was in the right. squad, I think he was on the bench. Um, and he obviously got the medal and stuff. Um, played a lot of the time. He played at... Is it Scarborough? I think he started his career at Scarborough. Then he obviously went on to Manchester United, um, moved on to the club that obviously I played with with him.
0: Um, any ideas? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's him though because I mean, I, the only one player I can think of at Manchester United uh, and you was at Norwich. No, no. So I, no, so I would have been at West Brom with him. Ah, uh, right. So in so the midfield. Yeah. Midfield. Did he oh,
2: have a week? It... Uh, yeah. Sorry, Wait, I got it. Who did you Go say? Gone, gone, off Was it Appleton? No, no. So he was in the youth team then. So he, I didn't play that's with him. No, but obviously I heard about Michael Appleton, and he got injured, and obviously, I, yeah, he was a little bit before my time. He was at Man
0: United as well, wasn't he? I'm sure he was. Yeah he,
2: yeah, he was at Man United. Yeah, that's right. But this guy, he's got, he had got long, long hair. hair, long hair, yeah. Yeah. black hair.
0: Yeah. Oh, you, um, have... yeah, I know. Um, gosh, it, uh, right, man, on, said, very black. What? yeah so when you say black hair there was one with
2: black hair but this one had more sort of brown dark hair so, so there was two know. from Man
0: United who played for West Brom I think prom. I've got the right
1: player I might have the wrong colour hair I think, think you've got the right
0: yeah. you've got the right player Andrew I'm just trying to think of his name he's a um, really good player um, he was captain as well for a long time um, yes he was captain job. yeah his
2: surname
1: yeah. is a colour
2: it is that's right he went to Fulham as well afterwards
1: yeah what it again? yeah he started his career as a winger, didn't he? I think he yes, started he did, at United yeah. as a winger.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think that's his smart, name. So. I can't remember it, but I know who you're on. Jo- Jonathan something. Greening. No. Greening.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's
2: the one. Yeah. 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 So yeah, he's, he's, he's a very good player. Yeah, yeah, very good player. So he's in, he's in my eleven because I think as well, like he he loved a night out and he was a very good friends with, with Scott Carson. He was one of the ones that sort of. He, he was a bit like me, really. He'd, he'd think things are quite funny, which is fine and stuff, but he'd obviously love a, love a night out and obviously speak to, his, speak to the boys about organising it. But he was our captain and I know he was our leader. And he, I think I like the thing where he would, I don't know, he, like I said, he'd lead by example. So if anybody stepped over the line, he'd be the first one to interrupt and say, listen, that can't happen. Or he'd always be the middle man. You know, when you've got a, a captain, see you were captain and stuff, but there would always be that middle person between the players, the captain, and then the manager. So if there was any sort of, any of the players who are unhappy, you speak to the captain and he'd, he wouldn't always back you, but he'd always listen to your opinion. And I don't know, if if it was valid, he would go and speak to the manager. And I don't know, I think in meetings, I remember we had a a team meeting and Tony Mowbray was sort of, I don't know, it felt to me like he was digging me out. And uh, Scott, um, sorry, Jonathan Greenan sort of stuck up for me and I thought that was... I don't know, for him to stick up for for one of his players, I thought that was it was great to have. Like and obviously, he didn't have to say anything, but I remember him saying to to Tony Mowbray at the time, just saying like, you know, you know, Leon's still a young lad. He's still learning the game. You know, he's it's not his fault, and we could have all done a lot better and stuff like that. So I think that was quite nice of him. I, I think that's probably what tipped me to put him in instead of quite a few others.
0: Good. I mean, I, I I knew who he was talking about, and, I, and like I said, he is a very good player, but still, of how good he was, I still feel that a lot of people um, didn't realise how good he would, if that makes sense. He's very underrated. You know, I mean, listen, he's at Man United, don't get me wrong, and, yeah. but even when I saw him play at West Brom, it, it was just so, I'll go as far as to say, it was comfortable, easy for him, if that made sense. you know what I mean? He, yeah. he was never... He never panicked. He didn't. He didn't rush. You know. No, no. I remember him saying. He used to always say as well. So
2: he used to always say to me because I I weren't the greatest uh, with the ball at my feet, and he used to say, "Love the ball. The ball's not a bomb." And then I would giggle about it, and I said, "Yeah, it's fair enough." I'll just give the ball to you, and then you can work the magic. But honestly, some of the stuff that he used to do in training, Marvin, he'd, he'd always be sort of a couple of steps ahead before the ball's even got to his feet, and. I don't know, he wasn't the strongest person, he didn't really like the physical side of football, but I don't know, he could always see a pass, and I don't know, like I said, he was a good leader for the team, and that's what you sort of need, if you're going to progress, and he was part of the team that obviously weren't done the treble, and with Man United, and he obviously helped us get promoted at West Brom, and I think, yeah, part of the reason is from him, really, just some of the stuff that he used to do in training, and and the influence that he'd give in matches, I I just think he was a bit of a match winner. Oh, no, definitely. Definitely.
1: Let's move on to the attacking then. So, a bit more attacking side or the attacking midfielders? Uh,
2: yeah, I, I'd say uh, attacking. Uh, obviously, he was more of my seat in midfield. The um, yeah. Then I probably have just two, not beside him, maybe just slightly. slightly ahead. Yeah, slightly. Ahead. So, I don't know if you can call them attacking midfielders. Box, or, a bit more box to box. Yeah, but that's fair enough. That's quite a big. So, um, I'm going to go for uh, this one I played with. Um, at Wigan um, he scored the FA Cup winning goal for him I think everybody probably knows that he's um, a very good player similar to, to Jonathan Greenan um, started at Crystal Palace captain uh, in their side as well he's played a number of games I think now he might be at Charlton he's had a spell at Nottingham Forest um,
0: any ideas? I know I, I mean it's not that bad is it not McFadden, oh, right. not, not, no, not McFadden. What did it begin with? Give me the initial. I know, I, know, I, know, I know who it is. Uh, Give me the initial okay. it
2: begin
0: with. Huh? So his, his first
2: initial is B, and his second initial initial is W. He's, he scored the winning goal for Wigan in the FA Cup final.
0: That's what I thought. I thought that was that. Go on, I don't know who it is then. B I was going to say James
1: McArthur, but now I reckon it might be Ben White. Yeah.
0: Oh, so I remember you, about the one who uh, what's the name he was it broke his leg, didn't he? Broke yeah, his leg. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: What's his name? The redhead guy. Yeah. Andrew. But ben Watt? The redhead guy. Oh. Andrew, you got a first name? Yeah, Ben. ben. What oh, oh ben, ben Watson. Watson. That's Watson, the one, yeah. Yes. So, yeah,
2: so I played yes. with him. And I remember when I um when he broke his leg for the second time against Barnsley, I remember remember on the Friday we were obviously doing five size and before that we were in the warm up we were just doing sprint races and I was obviously just, I don't know, just winding up saying yeah I'm quicker than you and he'd say the same thing yeah like, I'm quicker than you but I remember him saying I just, I don't know, we just had a little chat afterwards and I said to him like, you know how did it feel like breaking your leg and stuff like that and he was just saying yeah obviously it was a long period of like recovery and stuff like that and I said you know what let's, let's not talk about it because obviously I'm a little um, superstitious and obviously we had bars in the next, the next, uh, the next day and I remember him during the game. I remember him just obviously, but weird. we was in the in our own penalty box, and he just went to go bring the bring the ball down with his right foot. So obviously, he landed on his left foot and brought the ball down with his right. And then we just heard this kind of like just snap. And I remember just thinking, oh. what on earth was that? And yeah, he yeah he broke his leg. There. And that. The, the weird thing about it, we were obviously talking about it the, the day before, and it was weird because I didn't I didn't feel guilty, but I just felt that. I wish that I didn't speak about it or we didn't sort of touch on that subject. And obviously I spoke to him afterwards and he remembers having that conversation. And yeah, we had a little bit of a laugh and a giggle about it, but I don't know. It's just one of those things that you never expect to happen, obviously speaking about it. But yeah, it's not an injury that any sort of footballer wants to have. But hes I think he's broke his leg twice and managed to recover and still play at a decent level.
1: Fair play. It's come back from that type of injury twice, as you say.
2: Yeah, I think... As well, like I said, he, he broke his leg for the first time. So obviously the first time he, he broke it, just before, I think it was at the start of the season that they won the FA Cup. Um, and Obviously the FA Cup game is obviously known for uh, Wigan beating Man City in the final. Uh, I think it was 2012, 2013. I'm not too sure. Obviously, I think he, I don't know, from a corner, I don't know what he's doing up from a corner. He's not the biggest fella in the world, but he's obviously... And, and headed in the, 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 the winning goal and like the, I think it was like the 90th minute of the game, and I think for him that's massive. That's you know he's been for a whole season or you know sitting on the sideline watching his team play, and he gets a chance to to head head the ball into into the back of the net to to win the FA Cup, and yeah, he's progressed really well. Like obviously, come back on and managed. It's a bit unfortunate to to break your leg twice in a row, but I think. To, sh- to show how strong he is as a person, um, to get back on his game and play at a decent level, is, it just shows how strong he is mentally as as well as physically.
0: I mean, I know it's, it's easy to say now, but put it this way, if someone said to me, look, you're going to be a, one, a professional like football player, break your leg twice, but score the winning cup, in the goal. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, but I'll be still be saying,
2: it. the first time you break up, I think, The pain that they must go
0: through is just. Have you you seen someone break their leg before? Well, yes, I have. But I, I mean, you know, with me, I've snapped my Achilles tendon, and that's worse. They said the pain's worse than breaking your leg. So I mean, and I, I I didn't even get to a semi-final FA Cup final, let alone score. So and the pain's worse, Leon. That's what they say. That's what they say, apparently. But. I, I hear what you're saying. I mean if you if, now if you get a is it is it the, um, the compound? Is it that one where comes through, is that when it comes through the skin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That now you're talking about that I'm not sure about that. I mean that, but I mean actually breaking your leg and if it's not like come through the skin, I mean supposedly the one what I did I mean ruptured the Achilles is is more painful than breaking your Well
2: that's what Curtis did, didn't he? I think he's done that twice now, he's ruptured his Achilles.
0: And that's obviously quite a lengthy sort of Time on the sidelines, which obviously yeah, yeah, you know, it's on the sidelines, yeah, nine, nine yeah. months. I'm saying, so it's like it's what your body's like rests on isn't it. Yeah, Achilles, isn't it? That's the. I mean, then talk about the Achilles. That's when. They, that's why it's the weakest part. They dipped him in the Greek gods. Dipped him in, and they were holding them by the Achilles. Yeah. That's the bit what didn't get done. So who knows?
1: Moving on to other central midfield. Uh, so
0: yeah, so uh, my other central midfielder will be. um Someone
2: that has, once again, played at a very, very high level, um, played international for Wales, um, had a a lengthy spell at Man City. That's where I think he played the majority of his career in his prime, Um, played for Liverpool, Newcastle, um, and then made a shock move to Cardiff. Um, So I think that's his hometown as well. So... I'm not too sure if that's helped or not.
1: Have you stuck him in midfield? How can you stick him in midfield? I thought he was more attacker, or striker.
2: Yeah, I think he, he probably is, but I just think that with Jonathan Green and Holding, I think you could probably give him the luxury of playing that sort of
0: that role. Are you talking about Bellamy? <laughs> yes, Craig Bellamy. Yeah, it's yeah, phenomenal. I, I don't know that's how it. you
1: could. Could you would you class Bellamy as a yeah, midfielder?
0: Mark? I mean, I can see what he, I can see what he's trying to get at by putting him in there because I mean he's a bit of a a
1: bit of a whippet and a dodger,
0: a bit of that type of thing, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> cool, I was going to say, he was a, he was, he, he was busy player. He was, a, he was a nuisance. I mean, he was, he was quick. He could always get forward and join in. I mean, <laughs> he was renowned for being an out and out, like striker, like small. I mean, he wasn't a big, but like I said, I can see where Leon's going with, because like we said, mm-hmm. it is their team. I can see where he's going with his formation to accommodate him. So it'd be interesting to, when we get on later on to see who the forwards are and and, and why he's done that, but no, I can see where yeah, you're going but, with that. Yeah, in my
2: team, I just go for goals, Mark. I know I'm a defender, but I'm a strong believer. If you score more goals in the other team, then you'll win. So I don't know. I think I've fairly got some decent defenders, and they, you know, they're they're there to do their job. And I've got that sort of defensive midfield that protects the defenders. So I just let the, the attacking players do their do their magic. So yeah, that's why I put him in there. And I don't know, like I said, he's played. For Wales and numerous of times, captain of his
0: team, and but so this is uh, this is that Cardiff he was with him, yes. Yeah. yeah, So I was at Cardiff with him, yeah. So I do was, was, team- was, was, was he a big personality in Cardiff? Because he it comes across like is if he's not getting his own way, he'll like he'll, he'll throw his toys at the pram, basically. Yeah,
2: you know what? That's what I that's before I went to Cardiff, Mark. That's what exactly what I thought. I just thought he was sort of a I don't know a bit of a diva, like he'd always sort of. If he's not happy, then he's he's throwing his arms up, and you know those players that come off the pitch and I don't know, yeah. throwing their shin pads around. I thought he was one of those, and I can only go from what I've seen. So
0: yeah.
2: I don't know when I turned up to well, well, he was already at a club when I was there, and I obviously went to to Cardiff on loan, and I just thought, oh, you know what, he's going to be an absolute egghead. But um, yeah, he, he he was he was wicked. I just think he knew because he was his hometown, and he, he's coming to the end of his career. I just thought he. I don't know, he understood the game a lot more, and I think he was there to more, like, help the boys. He wasn't really there for... He definitely wasn't there for the money. He wasn't really there for, I don't know, an ego. He might have been in, at his previous clubs, but I don't know, I just thought he was he was a dream, really. I remember him... I don't know, he used to turn up in his... He some weird clobber. He used to turn up in a suit and stuff like that Training, which I thought was a bit weird, but it's different, isn't it? That's, that's what makes him... Right. And he comes to, he does
1: a lot of sky sports, punditry and, and that type of thing right now. Did he come across at the time as the type of person who go into punditry? Or did he come across as somebody who would leave the game entirely or somebody to go into management?
2: Um, he definitely is someone that speaks well of the game. Like he understands the game, he's got a good understanding of it. I think in obviously the championship is, is not as the level of football is not highest as obviously the Premier League, but I don't know, he would always be able to sort of maintain this sort of fitness throughout the season, even though the, the championship is more demanding in terms of if you've got Saturday Tuesday games relentlessly for I don't know five or six weeks. He'd always keep on keeping eye on his fitness and
1: excellent. So moving on to forwards, strikers, forwards, however you want to call them. Wherever um, you like.
2: So obviously the three that I'm gonna go with, obviously I'm not gonna put them in any sort of order. I think they'll sort of mix and match wherever they'll play. But this um this uh this striker or forward or whatever you want to call it He's been, uh, I think he's got a golden boot in the Premier League. Um, very small, very stocky. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but he uh, I think he was on the coaching staff at Leicester also. Um, he's played for uh, West Brom. He's played for Sunderland. He's played for, who else is there? That team
0: that down that the road. Ye- that ye- yellow, I about team. About say
1: yellow team down the road. <laughs>
0: But who, you might Mark, that. Who, who's the yellow team? Oh, my gosh. Down the road from Luton. no, 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 he's not playing for them. He didn't play for them?
2: He started nah. his career there,
1: didn't he? The
2: or were both on the them nah. Both. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, I, I, yeah, I've not seen him. I don't know that. He might have been before. No yeah. I know,
0: Mark. Yeah. Kevin Phillips. He, Kevin Phillips. Isn't it? Yeah, he, he started down there. I, 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 yeah. That's where he's... Oh even sorry, so well actually he was was it not Bulldock or something? It was non-league, wasn't it? He started and then he went there. Was yeah, he went to, yeah. And then he went to that team. So yeah, I know you wouldn't remember yeah. him so he, being there. Did you ever play against him or Or, or play yes, against him, yes, to play with yes. him or anything like that? Yeah, I played against him um, a few times when he was there, when he was at Sunderland, he had a good partnership with Nal Quinn. Um yeah. he wasn't yeah. he, again. Like he wasn't the biggest. I mean, he 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 wasn't lightning pace, but I think no. he had that natural ability. I mean, everyone says, "Oh, he's, he's always in the right place at the right time." But for me, when I played against him, it was his movement. He was constantly, yeah. constantly on the move. And and I say this to people because people say to me, "Oh, sometimes you I mean who's who's the, who's the best player you played against?" And I said, "Look, I've played against." um Mark Hughes I've played against like literally at the end of his career, career, Kenny Doug Leash, I mean, John Aldridge, I mean, they're all like big, big Liverpool players. But I said, for me, there's... Kevin Phillips, there's Marcus Stewart. I said, their movement, right, Well, didn't keep still, and that constantly, when you're like that as a centre-half, as you know, you're looking for someone, and they're constantly on the move, they're hard to mark, and so that's why, in my opinion, those people who are scoring goals constantly, like the Marcus Stewart, the Kevin Phillips, they're worth their weight in gold, because I mean, that's the most biggest problem for a centre-half, is if you're not standing still there, so I can see you on the ball, then... My job is going to be totally, totally much harder than than it. Is you
2: know, going to be. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree with you, Mark. Especially like if if they've got good movement, you're as a defender, you're constantly like looking over your shoulder to see where they are. Where you probably should be just keeping an eye on the ball. Like you like people say, you guys should have one eye on the ball and one eye on the striker. But it's very, like you said, it's very difficult to watch them when they're sort of moving in and out of you. So yeah, I think he, I think I think him mostly for his movement. And I think I don't know. I think. A lot of people say movement, but I think it's the timing as well when you do your movement. I think you've got to sort of anticipate the ball going into the box. So you can obviously do sort of shuttle runs in between the defenders if you want to, but ultimately you want to sort of score a goal. So I think to get that timing and that movement together is is phenomenal. And I think he scored all sorts of goals for me. Ma, but like, I don't know, I really struggled against like marking him in training and stuff like because Because he, he wasn't, I don't I don't think he was, like you said, I don't think he was the, the quickest player. But he was—I don't know—he's was very thick-set. all like, oh, his legs were strong. He could hold up the ball. He could play. He could actually play as a, a as a striker, as a number nine for me personally. But I don't know. I think his best position is sort of a ten, or maybe playing alongside alongside someone. But yeah, I don't know. He, he could shoot. He could head goals. He could—I don't know. He had everything for me personally. And when I played with him at West Brom, we him Ishmael Miller and a guy called Roman top, and I think they all got into like double figures. I think they all scored at least 15 goals. And I think when you've got that sort of luxury, you can't, you have to play all three of them. You can't put a league one out. But he was the one for me, I think, when you look back on his career, like to get the golden boot, I think, yeah, I think you got the golden boot playing for, for Sunderland. And I think that sort of speaks for itself. And I don't think he got many England caps, which, I don't know, It surprises me a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think he was in that era with people like yeah. um, Mike, Mike Owen, Rooney was starting to come, well, not maybe not Rooney coming through because it's a bit later, but Shearer, people like that. Yeah. So maybe that's why he, Fowler, um, yeah,
0: Andy, Sheridan, um, Sheridan. You mean Heskey? I mean in the it, back
1: end of Ian Wrights and stuff like that. So maybe that's why.
0: Yeah, but I'm a strong believer though. If you're if
2: you're scoring loads of goals, you've got to earn your right, and like you, surely that gives you the sort of advantage against any other striker to be in the England squad. I just, I don't know, I, I do think sometimes the England squad is is picked on what people have done in the past, not what they've done like currently in the Premier League. Like if, I, if I want a striker, I want someone that scored goals. I, I don't know, might be different for other people, but they've got to score a lot of goals to be in the England squad or they've got to done something really good that stands out for me.
0: No, I, I, I mean, I agree with you and you, and you probably could have a, a whole new debate on like just you got England strikers or English strikers who could come on a podcast, and each and one of them could be from the same era, and they'd, they'd tell you like and convince you why they should have been playing instead of instead of not you. Do you, do you know what I mean? I mean, there's, there's loads, and there's loads of them who've retired early because of that reason, thinking, "Well, do you know what? I should be playing, or I should be getting a better crack at the whip. What's the point?" And that, and that has happened. You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so I remember we, um, when I was at Norwich, we had um, we had Grant Holt. So he obviously, obviously, just to cut it short, but he had um, he started his career as a high fitter. So I think he was playing for Barrow, and obviously he worked his way up all the leagues. And when he came to Norwich, and we was in the Premier League, he um, I don't know he he scored loads of goals, and I remember him being ahead of Rooney at, at one stage. And I think I'm not saying you got to leave Rooney out, but I think if that was Gareth Southgate, that was the manager at the time, I think he would have given Grant Holt sort of. I don't know, an appearance in a friendly or something, just to say, listen, you've done really well, I've got to give you a bit of credit for, for being England's top goal scorer. But I don't know, he didn't get nothing. And I think that was a little he bit hard. I think, he didn't get uh,
0: not even a squad
2: appearance or anything? No, uh, I wasn't even in the provisional squad. And I think that was a little bit harsh. I think he could, I don't know, like I said, he scored the most goals at a certain stage. of Obviously, were wasn't the end of the season, but I don't know whether it was like in some sort of international break. It might have been November, but... I don't know. He was the top goal English goal scorer, and he didn't get any sort of. He obviously got recognition, saying that he's done really well, but he didn't get right. no credit from the England manager. He didn't, you know. I think it was Fabio Capello, and I was in charge at the time, and I think could have just given one cap for being, you know, top goal scorer just in a friendly match.
0: Yeah. No, you're. I mean, that's a, what you just brought up there is a, is a great point because I'm sure. I mean, I think Andrew might remember um, there was. Um, a, I think he went to the World Cup. Actually, we had a player who was scoring goals in the. Did back then was Division 3 I think yeah. and Steve Bull. Steve Bull, I think went to the World Cup yeah he, yeah, sporting, he did like, he went to the 90 90 World
1: Cup yeah
0: he was scoring goals literally just, and he was in Division I think well maybe I'm being harsh I thought it's Division 3 but it might be but he's definitely Division 2 he wasn't in a top division and he yeah. went to the World Cup because like you just said if you're scoring goals and, and you feel that you needed, you deserve a chance Bobby I think it was Bobby Robson was it Bobby Robson? Bobby Robson yeah yeah, Bobby Robson, again, I mean he's a great manager. I mean Barcelona, Newcastle. I mean, you know, he if he's picking someone because they've scoring goals and they've got good form, why like you just said, why did Holt not get an opportunity? Yeah. What would you yeah. do? If, if, if he was
2: the England I'm, manager, what would you do?
0: Would you go for someone who scored goals or was someone their past obviously as a name no. of the Premier League? That means I'd be like you just said that. I'd I'd pick because I'd pick someone who's informed scoring goals because one it just shows everyone now that listen do you know what it doesn't matter what you do if you're doing it and you're pulling yeah. up trees you're going to get an opportunity and that way in my opinion it's going to keep everyone on their toes rather than I'm not saying that Rooney would if like yeah. Rooney's got like eight goals and Grant Holt's got 16 goals and Rooney's still getting picked it's a case of that well you I mean it doesn't really matter I'm not really pushed I haven't really be uh, need to be running around putting up trees because I'm going to be playing anyway. But once you start picking that surprise person and you and you put that person in, the whole squad now like eyes open, thinking shit. Like right, no one got guarantees here. We, you know, you need to be bringing it every single session. That's that's for me. Yeah, that's how I
2: should be though. That's how I should be in football. I think it, obviously if you've got like a youth team player that's doing really well, you can have to. They're doing really well. You've got to reward them one way or another. Otherwise, they're gonna you're gonna lose out on a, on a good player. So, yeah, I totally agree, and I'm happy that you uh, agreed on me for once, month. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Excellent. So let's move on before we <laughs> let's move on. Our next centre forward.
2: Is this this <laughs> is the last centre forward as well, isn't it? No,
1: we got two. you're yeah, sorry, got you got two more.
0: Two more. Two more. Oh, it, but... you,
1: said four, you said four three three. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 4-3. And, and that's it you've done so far. Phillips, you just... That's the only one you've done. Perfect, died. okay. Okay, so my next one... Okay, I was going to leave this till
2: last, but I'm not... Um, so I played with him um, at Norwich. He came on uh, He's also been to uh, Leyton Orient, Leicester, Millwall um, as a young kid. So I think he was at 18 when he went to all those clubs. Um, he's moved on to, obviously, leaps and bounds. Like, he's obviously one of... One of the most feared strikers in the world,
1: yep, which is unbelievable.
2: Um, obviously, England captain, uh, yeah.
0: Spurs. Come yeah. on, I got it. I know. I got it from from when when you said he came on loan to Norwich. I knew it because not, not because oh. not many people know that he came on loan, and not many people know, know. he played yeah. as
1: part of that team that lost to Luton when um, Luton were in the conference. He was in that yes. team. Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah. You not many to...
1: people
0: say that. Come on. I'm gonna say, did he not go to Millwall first on though? Was it Millwall? Yeah, no, I'm not too sure, but yeah, he right. went to a couple of clubs didn't he, before. Well, go on anyway. Yeah. Say his name because because people might not know. Go on, Harry Kane. Go on, Harry, Harry Kane. Yeah, so Harry
2: Kane obviously as an 18 year old, he come on loan uh, from Spurs, and I remember him walking in the door, and we obviously got told who he is and you know what his past was, and they were saying, yeah, he's you know he scored loads of goals for the under 18s, and I remember a couple of strikers, I don't know if they were jealous or uh, you know looked at him as a bit of a threat but they were like "Ah, oh, nah he's alright it's just you know it's kids he's, he's done really well at his football but when he come in train, in training honestly he can shoot left foot, right foot from long distance tap-ins headers um, hold the ball up um, and he was only 18 at the time and he was just he was a monster but I don't know I think when he come there the injuries obviously got the better of him and he had to go back a little bit early but yeah he played he played in the um, the game, he played in the game of, we and we lost the league, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't think we got the chance that he should have got. Obviously, when we when we he had to kind of get in front of uh, Grant Holt and Steve Morrison were who were big characters in the change room, and I don't know, it was very difficult for him to nudge them out of the way. And like I said injuries got the better of him, and he had to go back to to, to Tottenham fairly early.
1: Yeah, no, he was great. For I say he's a great player, but it goes without saying, doesn't it? It's one of those. Uh, he's and he'll go on to bigger and better things, and he's just come back from injury and England captain. So, I mean, you don't really have to say much more um, about Harry Kane. What I'm going to do is I'm actually going to move to the next one because I think Harry Kane talks for himself. I'm going to go on to I'm going to go on to the next. Yeah. One.
2: Okay, so this one um, is a striker that we I'm going to say for his ability because he obviously I, I played with a lot more better strikers, but I think for the leadership skills, Marv, you played with him as well. Um, good number nine. Um, he's played for Northampton, he's played for Leicester. Um, Derby, Derby, Derby. yeah. So, obviously, I think we've got it now. So, he's, he's, he's Steve Howard. Um, yeah. when he, when he, yeah, when he, when he came here, when he, when he went to obviously Luton, I didn't have a clue who he was. I just thought he was just like a big sort of, I thought he was a big dustbin just obviously playing up top, just all chest the ball down, head it, kick it with his umbra boots, didn't think nothing of it. And I remember like, obviously I was an 18 year old and I obviously training with the first team. I thought, if i really got to mark him. And I remember honestly struggling so badly. And obviously you, could, you, you give him respect to the, some of the stuff that he did. And I think that, once he got going, he was quite quick, but I think he had a massive sort of influence in the first team. I thought he was he was the go-to man. So obviously, if, like I said, if if you're if you're a defender and you're defending hard in the game and you you pin the ball up to, to Stevie Howard, I think you know he's going to stick. He's not going to come back to you towards you. I think he's going to hold the ball up well, or he's going to win you a foul. He's, I think he's one of those smart players as well. That was I know, he's very strong, but once he feels contact from the defender. He falling on the ball, he claps on the ball. And you think, as a defender, it's quite frustrating when uh, a big like, striker, a Northerner, would uh, dive on the ball once you touch him. And I don't know, he just read the game so well. And I thought, when I was in the youth team, I, I actually think I learned a lot from him because it's just the physical side of stuff. I think, obviously, Mark, when I don't know whether you were part of the team that obviously shipped me out to uh, to Ellsbury, but I remember prior to going to Ellsbury and when I was training with the first team, it's just. I didn't know how to handle sort of Stevie Howard. And when I went to Ellsbury and it was more sort of Sunday league players and they were sort of beating you up and sort of, chewing on your their elbows, they were more physical. So I understood how to sort of handle that sort of player. And that sort of, I don't know, that's sort of a size of a striker. And yeah, I think he was a big learning curve for me in, the, uh, in, my, in my career. I, because, because I was one of the... Biggest in the sort of youth team, I've always come up against sort of younger, well not younger, but smaller strikers than me. But you know, when 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 you stand up sort of to Steve Howard
0: I think you you realise you know you're in for a fight, you're in for a battle, and yeah, I think I learned a lot from him. I think I mean one of the things that the reasons why I sent you to Oldbury was that very reason, just to give just to give you experience, because I yeah. mean at the end of the day, like. In my opinion, you were you was close to the first team. But mm-hmm. for me, playing with us week in, week out in the youth team is not going to be a benefit to you. So it was a case where, I mean, I'm sure I explained to you at the time, look, it's Ellsbury. Yeah, I know it's like way away and it's non-league. But I said, Leon, it's, it's men's football. The more you play yeah. men's football at this age now, because of you was like physically developed, like you said, and you needed to be in that environment where people were... Banging, knocking you around and hitting you and stuff. And it's like a case where it might be just one man and his dog, but listen, it mattered to those players on the field and they would treat you likewise and say, dig you out if you weren't doing it. Whereas if yeah. you're playing with the likes of our youth team, under 18 still, it's like yeah. <laughs> laughing about last night, go out and we um, were playing like whatever little video games last That's not, that, that, that wasn't no. a real, I didn't want you to have that. So that's what I'm saying is that it's a case where, Yes, it was Ellsbury. Yes, it wasn't a a, um, a big like League One or League Two. I don't know, whatever, trip, but it was men's football, which for me, I felt like was what you needed at that time. Yeah,
2: you know, what, bro, I remember, um, I don't know whether it was you or John Moore, bro, the news to me, obviously, that I was going to go to Ellsbury, but I, I actually, I didn't really want to go. I remember saying to you guys, yeah, I'll go. And obviously just saying yes, because I, I kind of had to go. I really had no choice. But I remember when I got there, I actually enjoyed it until the football. And I remember playing against Hissbun on a wet Tuesday night and it was like an uphill sort of pitch and yeah, I remember they had like a big strike. It's similar to Howie and I remember him absolutely battering me all over the place and like I said, I think I learned a lot from sort of being in that sort of lower league. I don't know, yeah, I just think that obviously and then going back to play against Howie, I could adapt to him a lot more easier and I remember obviously after a couple of years I managed to get in the first team and playing with Harry, with Howie, which was quite good but I remember Making a mistake, Um and I think it, we must have lost the game. And I remember how he's just shouting and screaming and telling me that you know obviously I've done something wrong. And and Mike Newell was obviously ha- like like going into me really badly. And I remember how he how he I don't know what was wrong with him, but he was like a man possessed. He was remembering him saying to, just saying out loud, "We should sting him up against the wall and let him know about it." I'm, the time, I'm only like nineteen, twenty. I'm thinking like. That's like brilliant. Like you can't really do that. But I, I think he was just—I don't know—he just had that sort of fear factor.
1: Like, no, definitely, definitely. Um So you picked your team. Who is the best manager you've ever had manage you, Leon? Uh... We don't worry about guessing for this. Just
0: no, yeah. And you can and you can give some honourable mentions. Like, I mean, I don't know. You might say so and so at. West Brom, so-and-so at Norwich, so-and-so at Cardiff was good. So-and-so
1: youth and- U- team manager at Luton, or if you want, or some, somebody.
0: <laughs> he's talk- and he's talking about John Moore there. He's there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: to be fair, listen, I, I, I've got a few, so I, I'm not going to pick one. But I think, I generally think Moorey, like he, you know, he was old school. Like he didn't, yeah. he didn't put with nothing. He was... He was all about discipline and I remember I walked into the club at a 16 year old and I didn't I can't say I had a, like a chip on my shoulder but I was always late and I, I wasn't really caring about if my boots were, were clean or not and didn't really show much respect to the first team and I remember well, Moorsey like he knuckled me down like big time and I remember we used to the first I think the first couple of weeks we used to leave were, like we used to go in, train, and then we'd be leave. We'd leave straight after lunch. And we'd leave about one o'clock, and then he was like, "No, that's not. That's not happening." We're going to head into the volleys. Like you've probably heard it on loads of your podcasts before from the other players. You go into the volleys. We need to get out till like four. You need to clean the boots. You, you need to. Um, you need to uh, clean the changing room. You need to do this, do that, and I think that my discipline, even to now. I don't like being late, so I even to my misses I say, "Listen, you can't be late, or I'm leaving." I and that, I think that's just set with me the whole my whole life, and I think I'm very thankful for that. So, and I think Marcus, I think you're, I think you're a part of that as well. That like, in terms of when when he was in the youth team as well, I think Mozzie, like I said, he was into that old school football as well. So he was sort of Leon, you just head it and kick it, which was fair enough. And I think you come in, and I think you was more into this Ajax sort of philosophy where. You wanted the players to pass and they wanted to sort of not get out from the goalkeeper, but play when possible and not over, obviously not overcomplicating. And I think that was my first sort of insight of having to play out from the back. And I was never sort of, I wish I had that sort of a little bit early in my career. So from schoolboy up until I was 16, I was just told to just head and kick it. And it wasn't until I was sort of 17, 18, you come in and it was like, yes, Leon, there are times where you've got to head and kick it but there's got to be times when you've got to be a bit more composed and look for that nice pass or look for that more effective pass. So I think you've got a part to play. Also, um, it's more than old school managers. I think Steeny had his part. I think I think you know Steeney is just relentless. I think his, it's weird. I think he's not the best man manager, and I think you know that, and I think he's not tactically blessed or anything like that, but I think his was more work ethic. I think he'd... I think you remember the W runs we used to do all the time. And I don't know, he used to just tell me to work hard. And he was never sort of soft than anybody. So I think for work, rate, it was him. I think we used to run every single day in the reserves. Um, and he,
0: he, I think he was going to be, to, when- be fair. And to be fair, I, I used to give you guys, when, when John Moore left, the, the rower. Do you remember the rower? Oh, yeah, everybody. <laughs> I remember the,
2: that. That worked a few people. That broke. <laughs> that broke a lot of people, man. I remember, um, I remember, <laughs> remember the little gym that we used to have? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: I, I remember anybody, anybody, I even now, I think I struggle to do it. It's like, I think it was six, 300 metres, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so um, and if you don't do it in a minute, you have to, you've got to do it again. again. <laughs> again. Do remember, again. Little manso.
0: remember Little Mansell? <laughs> <Yeah. I laughs> remember Little Mansell? Yeah. Richard Mansell? He like and we, like Lee Mansell's brother, everyone knows, um, played for Luton. Um yeah. went on a had a good career at Bristol Rovers and stuff. His little brother, Richard Mansell, was a little left back, wasn't he, Leon? And um yeah. he, well, he, he, could, he could run, but like this rower was no joke. It's 300 meters in under a minute, and if you didn't do it, right, Andrew, you had to go again. Um I don't know what happened for some reason he just like it mentally he just got hold of him and he had to do something like he was at like, 14. He had to only 14 and I remember him he's gone he's gone but you're not gonna make him do 14 are you I went, yeah that's why <laughs> went, no, you can't do that you can't said, listen, listen do you want to do him for him no no I <laughs> <Nah>. said <laughs> yes. so was he the only <laughs> one though you remember Sean
2: Ridgeway he, he like some of them go, I think when you youth team, you're fit, you are very really fit, but that role was just something different. I remember we had to do six, I think we had to do minute on, minute off, and if you didn't do it in a minute, like you said, you got to do
0: it again, and that was, um, yeah, that was a that, shift, that was hard. That was similar to, like I said, the character building, trying to build resilience and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um. But just quickly going on to the manager thing, was you with, um? oh my gosh, Lambert at Norwich? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, Paul that was really good. Um,
2: I think he, I don't want to compare him to Steenie, but he was he was more work ethic as well. He wanted us to work hard, but he he was technically he was very good. And he I think where he's worked abroad, he worked technically a lot with the boys as well. So every Monday we you know walk into training, think you're in for a grilling and, and go for a video meeting, but now you, first thing you would be doing in the gym is like I don't know volleys or heading or or certain stuff. Um, technically, to to work on our sort of I don't know, our touch and stuff like that. So mm. yeah, I think he was very good. Like I said, he um, he got so in that room, we were kind of one of the favourites to um, to go down. Um, yeah, he done really well. We obviously we beat, nearly beat Man United as well. We had two great chances early on in the game, and uh, we missed them. But obviously, they I think they beat us one 0 or two one. Um, in the end. But yeah, he um he was very good. So I, I'd say that's, that's obviously what I worked with you, you Rosler, but I don't know, I think he uh I think he lost the boys. So I think when you when you're a manager you've got to keep the boys sweet, but you've obviously got to look for those three points at the end of the day. But um yeah, I would yeah, I'd say that's been my best or my most worth work ethic managers. Wow
0: and um like andrew mentioned earlier on moving on to about what you're doing now you've you've got your own academy set up and stuff i mean just tell a few people who hasn't heard about it and um what it is you are trying to do regarding um it's in Luton, isn't it yes based in luton uh, so it, no so it's in sort of uh bedfordshire
2: so it's obviously, okay. obviously the surrounding areas but um It's just an academy that I thought would be a great idea for, obviously, at the time I was playing in 2018, um, I set up the Leon Barnett Football Academy, which um, offers, obviously, one-to-one training, half-term camps, parties, and stuff like that for just any sort of kid, really. I just thought, when I was younger, uh, we never had any sort of interaction with professional footballers, and I thought it'd be a great time to sort of set up my own academy Whereas I would actually go in and, and train with them, I think you get a lot of academies nowadays and, that are named after like footballers, but they you never see them, they never turn up. Like you get a certificate, of get a medal, and then that's you know that's them. They go. But I just thought it'd be a great idea for me to set it up and, and obviously go in and train for the kids and obviously just interact with them and be there day to day. And I thought that'd be a nice sort of touch for them. But there's no sort of age limit, there's no sort of discrimination, there's no sort of I don't know. Ability level—you've just got to be able to. Boys, girls. I just want to enjoy. Boys and girls. Boys and girls. Boys and girls. Oh,
0: sorry,
2: yeah. So yeah, yep. boys and girls. Um, obviously up to uh 12 years old. Um, and yeah, we've progressed now. So we're going to be doing a, a football education academy where um children obviously, Mark, you do. I think you do something similar where um 16 to 18 year olds. They 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 obviously do their studying after school. Um, and then obviously me and a friend of mine that I'm obviously uh, when in the youth team with, we're going to train them as well. So I think when you're coming out of school and I don't know you might have got released from an academy club and you've got another a chance to go into Loonby the Leon football academy, which is going to be coached by me and my friend, which are you know ex professionals. I think it's obviously a great influence that we can yeah. offer, and I've, we've got quite a few contacts we can obviously help on to get, maybe even get them back into the game or even just stay in sports in general or just help them. Um, have another pathway even if it's away from sport
1: fantastic yeah. fantastic fantastic and that's um, in the Bedfordshire area but anybody can if they can get to you you're happy yeah. to take them
2: yeah of course it's just obviously like I said it's it's more fun it's not sort of trial basis it's you know it's half term camps it's obviously you know kids work hard in school it's time for them to let their hair down chill out with their mates have a couple of fun games a lot of the games that we include are from the games that I used to play when I was sort of in the program. So you do five-a-side, you do a little run-robin, you forfeits. Obviously nothing too strenuous, but yeah, you know, there's prizes, rewards, um, and yeah, you're a player of the day, um, funniest person of the day. And yeah, it's just a bit of a, a laugh that everybody can um, enjoy.
1: Excellent. 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 And it's great to hear, especially somebody who grew up in the um, in the area, giving back to kids in the area, because I know we were joking before the... Before the podcast, about um, the fact we both played for the same team as we were growing up as little kids um, in the Bushmead area in Luton. So it's always great to hear somebody giving back to the local area um, yeah. that, that gave that gave. I don't know. I'll speak for you, but gave so much to you when you were growing up. It's great to give something back. I'm sure as well. Yeah,
2: definitely. Like I said, I think as well. I think you. I played in Bushmead's uh, Wanderers first team, and I think you played in the reserves, didn't you, Andrew?
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, reserves, 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 I think it was, yeah. Thanks, thanks for that. He's,
0: he's trying to get that in, I'm looking, trying to have a little dig. Look at him, see what I mean, Andrew? Look at him. He just, just, no. for the, just
1: for the listeners, I've met Leon for an hour and a half, and he's really digging me out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I give
1: it, so I have to take it. It's all yeah, fair game. <laughs> and of course, as well, um, you're still young, you're still fit, You you in terms of being able to do those types of things, Leon. You had to um, retire from the game at what I would say is an early age, um, just, um, it was about 32, I think it was, um, when I was doing my research, looking through there, um, just talk us through kind of what happened, if you don't mind, and, and kind of where it's, where it's at and what learned, what kind of, what it taught you, if anything.
2: Yeah, it's just, um, obviously, I'll just tell you a little story beforehand. I just find it a little bit weird how, you know, a lot of these players, when they move to another club, they obviously pass medicals where, you know, I've moved to plenty of clubs and, done a medical been on the sort of the, the treadmill where they read your heart and there's been nothing seen so yeah I, I don't understand obviously how you know if you're going to do a medical there's obviously a lot of players with the issue that I had so I remember um we what was it I I went well I, played, I was in the starting 11 on the I don't remember what game it was it went against Wickham second game of the season um I didn't start the first game so I was a little bit annoyed at the manager. And, you know, I had a word with him and he says, yes, listen, Leon, you're starting to, the, the Carling Cup game. With him. So I was like, OK, fair enough, it's not a problem. Played the game, got to about the uh, 80th minute. And I, obviously, our team were on attack. Uh, we won a corner and then just as I was running back, because we obviously the ball went out of play, just as I was running back towards the halfway line, um, I started to feel sort of like a, a dizzy feeling. And I felt like everybody around me was whizzing past me, but I couldn't sort of react. So I was like, that's that doesn't feel normal. So I said to the I said to the ref, like, is there ref I just have a minute? And he says, Yeah, what's up? And I said, I oh, just can I speak to the physio? Um, and the physio said, Yeah. You know, yeah. The referee said, yeah. And they brought the physio on. Uh, the physio said to me, Oh, you know, you know, what's up and were you injured? I said, I'm not injured. I just said like a, I don't know, I just don't feel great. Something, you know, something's something's not right. So he said to me, Do you wanna come off or you alright? And I said I'm all right, I'll I'll finish the game. There's not long left. So I finished the game, game went to penalties, and then we spoke to each other um, at the end of the game. He says, how are you feeling? I I said, yeah, I'm feeling fine now. So, you know, I'm not too sure what happened, but I I didn't feel too good. So I don't know what it was, um, but the next day he must have spoke to somebody in the hospital and I went straight up to to Birmingham Hospital and spoke to a cardiologist. So a cardiologist is someone that reads your... Read your heart and how it's beating, and you know how it's obviously how the, the blood's going in and out your your heart. Um, so they done a small procedure, um, and they obviously said obviously when it's something like that that you don't actually know, it's not an injury, it could be related to your heart. So they obviously um, read my heart, done uh, videos and pictures of it how it's working. They'd done a like a small sort of operation, and I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know they were doing it straight there and then. So it must have been sort of like a um size of a biro-pended like a pen, uh, um they inserted like the like a gps into my chest just over my heart so it, it could read obviously my heart rate so it's like i have a heart rate monitor but like your own one that's sort of in, inserted into your chest um i was in the operating for about i don't know 30 minutes 40 minutes yeah. um and it kept me awake it wasn't a major procedure um and then i was obviously drove back home I was out of training for about 10 days, went back into training, had no issues. Um, and the manager just said to me, listen, we're going to give you a couple of weeks to get fit. And then we'll, we'll see if you're ready for selection. So I was like, yeah, it's fine. Um, went back into training. And then I obviously got told that I was going to be starting the, the Bury game. Uh, I think it was on the 3rd of October 2018. Uh, played the full game, didn't have no issues. And it must have got to the 90th minute um and I had that same feeling again I said to myself that's not really good obviously having the same feeling. It was a little bit more really I was whizzing past me and I couldn't really react um I said to the physio once again I said oh can you I just speak to my physio and he says yeah just go down the floor and I'll get the physio on so I went down on the floor physio came on and then straight away he said to me is it the same sort of feeling and I said yeah I don't know what it is he so says listen um why don't you come off and I was like no nah, listen, this is literally 90th minute, I'm about to finish the game. So finish the game, I probably should have come off went straight into the changing. was quite worried and just said, you know, how are you feeling? And I said, I'm all right. And I, at that time, I think a lot of the players and a lot, even like players now, they don't really open themselves up. I think as you're, when you're a footballer, you, nothing can sort of touch you. You're untouchable. You don't really want to out your emotions. If you're hurting, you don't really want to talk about it. And I think that was a prime example of what I was doing. I was kind of holding the fact in that, you know, something was wrong, but I didn't really want to talk about it. Um, so anyway, went after the game, uh, We will be coming the next day for a recovery, um, and I drove straight up to, to Birmingham for them to read the data that was in my chest, you see, and, uh, the sort of heart rate monitor that was in my chest, and um, I was sitting on the bed, and the, the cardiologist uh, read my heart rate, and he could track, you see, what had happened over the last couple of days, and He looked at me a bit funny and says, Oh, Neil, did you faint or did you feel? when I said, I didn't feel ill, but I just felt like it wasn't normal. He says, Uh, he says, uh, your, your heart was going um 300 beats per minute, and I was like, What does that mean? I don't really understand. He says, Uh, you, should, you just sort of blacked out and fainted because your heart rate shouldn't really be going nowhere near that, should be at least going half of that. So I was like, Okay, fair enough. He says, Um, we're gonna have to get you sorted out because obviously that's something that's Know, very concerned and I, you know some people die from getting a heart rate slightly lower than that so um after I was speaking to I think it was three cardiologists they obviously come to the conclusion that it's not safe for me to um play football which you know at the time I wasn't really too sure about it I didn't really get an understanding of what would it mean um so obviously a couple of weeks later obviously it got announced that I had to give up football and I think it kind of hit home obviously I actually actually cried and and I realised, obviously, football's all I've known, football's all I've, what I've played. Obviously, playing it for 16 years is obviously a massive achievement on mine. And I, I didn't really know how to take it, really. But I think I was quite thankful that I had sort of a family and people around me that were very positive. Um, I think without that, I could have possibly maybe struggled mentally and physically. I, I, I don't think I would have been able to sort of talk about the experience that I've had. Um, now I think obviously nowadays a lot of men in general I'm not too sure what the stat is but I think there's a there's a high stat of men um, having suicidal thoughts and you know committing suicide purely because of they hold things in and not able to to talk about certain issues and I think just going back to obviously what I went through I think you've got to be able to sort of talk about it and be able to release it because if you don't it sort of bottles up and you know, that's when, um, that's when men struggle with mental issues.
1: No, definitely. And I think the phrase that we use over here anyway is, the phrase is, it's okay to not be okay. And I think that's, <laughs> yeah. it's a really clear phrase. And as you're saying there, it was great you had that support network around you, uh, but some people don't.
0: Are you not allowed to then to, like, play tennis or whatever? I mean, what, 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 where are we at at the moment? I mean, with regards to this Situation with your, are you? Yeah. So at,
2: at, so at the moment, I've had, um, obviously it Well, yeah, about a year ago, I had to have a defibrillator fitted. So it's also a pacemaker, but it's obviously a defibrillator. So they obviously told me I can't go back and do obviously I can't go back and play competitive sport, which is fair enough. Obviously, I wouldn't be wouldn't be doing that. But I remember after the procedure, after obviously having the defibrillator put in, um my brother-in-law just said to me, "I oh, listen, do you want to obviously just come out and play football?" And I says. Yeah, go on and why not? Like, obviously, I love football. I'll just go and go and just chill out. So I went there, went in goal. um, And after about 10 minutes, obviously, I'm just in goal and there's no, obviously, shots going in. And I'm not the greatest goalkeeper. It's just, obviously, a bunch of lads are playing football. And, you know, one of the lads said to me, do you want to come out and pitch? I was like, yeah, why not? I'll go out and pitch. Obviously, just playing in the centre midfield, thinking, you know, I could, you know, make it as easy or as difficult as I want because, obviously, they're, they're not playing at a high level. And I remember just running. And then I just felt this, honestly, I felt this massive, like it was like a horse just kicked me in my chest. And that was obviously my defibrillator just giving me a warning to say, you know, enough's enough. enough, enough. You, need to, you need to stop. And then it happened another two more times and it dropped me to my knee. Um, and I, like, I knew once that happened, that was obviously the defibrillator doing its job. So cool. if I'd obviously carried on playing, I don't know what would happen, but that was a warning to say to me, you know, you can't really... Too much. You do do yeah, yeah yeah. So what it, I think yeah so I think what I think it is is my heart was obviously beating, mm. but it might be going. But once it goes like a once it has that irregular heartbeat, um, the defibrillator gives it free chances to obviously get back into a normal heart rate. Um, and once it if it doesn't, then it will deliver an instant shock into in my heart just to slow it down. And obviously it will keep on giving me a shock until my heart rate. Is that stable sort of rhythm. So yeah, I, I won't be going playing football anytime soon. But so it's, it's obviously it's a little bit of a unfortunate circumstance that I can't obviously go play football with my mates. But I think personally, I've got to look at the bigger picture and think it could be a lot more worse. You know, I, I probably I couldn't. Yeah, well, I could have I'm, been sitting there at the moment. So
0: yeah, I was going to say <clears throat> the, the 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 main thing is that is that you're here.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. You mean no? I'm just being like I mean I'm, I'm, I'm and that sounds like literally like I'm being a little bit like over the top but it's not I mean it, they wouldn't be fitting this thing otherwise I mean if you didn't need it it like it could have been a case if it went undetected and like you hear about I mean I don't, I'm not saying it's the same thing but you know Vivian Defer- I mean, um, the, 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 the one who yeah, died yeah, on the field. Yeah. yeah he died mm-hmm. on the field who knows if he had something like you've just talked about and it was seen he could still okay he might not be playing similar to yourself but he would He'd still be here. So, thanks for yeah. sharing that with us, Leon. that's what I mean with um, when you do all these medicals. There's bound to be another
2: player that's obviously got the exact same issue as mine, but they've not really detected it. So, I, I don't know. I don't know whether the PFA probably need to do a little bit more. Like, obviously, I, when I when obviously going through this, I spoke to um from Wamba. So he he's got the exact same thing as me. So he obviously played for Bolton collapsed on the pitch at Tottenham. So effectively, he said to me that he died for like 90 minutes. And obviously, if there wasn't that sort of cardiologist in the um, in the stands watching the game, he would be with us now. So obviously, it's just, it's just a crazy thing. That obviously, he's he's obviously gone through and exactly the same thing that I've gone through. But you know, I've got a defibrillator now so that obviously prevents me and sort of gives me another sort of life if anything like that happens again. So um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of players that. Probably need to be tested, and if you're not sure, go and get tested. Like you, you, know, something that needs to be done is obviously, it can be life-threatening.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Even during COVID, the, go get tested. and uh, Go to EGP or something like that. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much for sharing that um, with us, Leon. Um, so, uh, and I think that that really drives home the point of um, of those type of things. <laughs> You've gone through your your best eleven, and we thank you so much for that. Um, and I think that um, we're going to leave it on uh, that time of note. So we want to obviously say to you, as a Luton fan, I'm going to say this: thank you so much for for playing for the town. And I remember, I remember so fondly. Um, I don't know we've had a bit of jokes, and a bit of banter about, um, like I said, playing for the same playing for the same teams and coming for the U team. So um, it was great to hear your story, and thank you very much, um, Leon Barnett. And thanks very much for giving up your time, Leon. No, yeah.
0: thank you. Did you hear that? Awesome. What's that? Did you hear did that? You no, what do you say? What do you say? What did he say? He just, just thanking me for being a Luton and stuff. Just you know, thank me on that. I remember, listen, I didn't he, listen, he's one of many. He's one of many. I'm sure that I'm sure the Luton fans listening to this podcast are are sharing the same appreciation what Andrew's just said. So Thank you. Yeah, Thanks, thank you so Thanks. much, Leon. And that was Leon Barnett, my best for